What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. With the first pick in the 2024 fantasy draft, Chris Towers selected Christian McCaffrey. We're going to talk about our first mock draft of the 2024 season. Tyree Kill was after that. I'm not going to spoil everything, but I do think it's pretty clear, guys. Kyron Williams is going to be the lightning rod in fantasy football. He's going to be the controversial one that everyone's going to be arguing about for months. So let's we'll start doing that today. All right, cool. What's up, Dave? Jamie? Yo, why is he the controversial one? I think he's easily the most controversial first round pick if he's in the first round. Uh, right now, I mean, he might be somewhat controversial, but I think a lot of people are excited about what he was able to accomplish and. If no one of significance is brought in, he's going to certainly be in the conversation. To yeah, be a first round pick. I'm talking, I took him in the first round. I took him 12th. But I, it was tough. It was. It's going to get a lot of conversation going, you know? It did get a lot of conversation going, and there were some people that thought that that was way too low, and some people thought that he went way too high. Yeah. So I agree with you. I think that for now, he's the most controversial pick of the first round. I always like when we do our mock drafts because uh, – the person on the end who has to make the the picks the the double picks, um, how it could oh like if you took him <laughs> at thirteen yeah, right sure <laughs> yeah I know, right? it was Garrett Wilson right in fact actually I think I'd rather have I could have easily taken Garrett Wilson thirteen or twelve and Kyron thirteen but you know well I, when I wrote the when I wrote the recap I was like oh this is cool we got three potential top ten quarterbacks going in round eleven but. Uh, Chris Towers took Brock Purdy and George Kittle back to back, and he took Purdy first at the last pick around 10. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, All right. So we'll get into that a little bit later, plus uh, some news around the NFL. And we're giving our fantasy awards. We gave you the nominees on Monday's show. We'll tell you who won today. The big news the Titans fired Mike Vrabel. Their GM, Rand Carthon, uh, also did not rule out re signing Derrick Henry. 
But Carthon came from the 49ers organization, so you're going to see Bobby Slowick, who's with the Texans, but from the 49ers. You're going to see his name. I forgot the offensive coordinator for the Dolphins. Frank uh, Smith. Frank Smith, thank you. Such a complicated name. I can never remember Frank Smith. Uh, his name will be connected there, but, um, you know, Vrabel's out. Honestly, I don't know how much time, whatever. We'll spend how much time, every time you want. But Sean Payton did not rule out Russell Wilson returning. Josh McDaniels could go back to New England. And if you look at, at Mac Jones in 2021, he that was by far his best year. So it is possible that Josh McDaniels could be a real boost to the Patriots offense. Um, Keenan Allen says he wants to stay with the Chargers in 2024. Dave, I just told you about the Titans, the Broncos, the Patriots, and the Chargers. What do you want to talk about there? Let's start with the Chargers because they've got an interesting salary cap situation. They're they're one of five teams that's like 60 million something over the cap and they could get right under the cap real quickly if they just cut Mike Williams and cut Keenan Allen. But they restructured Keenan Allen's deal last year. I would imagine they would do something similar there. But Mike Williams is the one that I bet they let go. It's it's kind of mean because he tore his ACL, but 30 years old, and they can save 20 million bucks on the cap if they let him go. He had uh, Keenan Allen arguably his best season. He was top five per game, Jamie, at such an advanced age. He'll and, be 32, yeah. Yeah, he'll yeah. be 32. So that's amazing. He's one of, uh, one of three receivers this season to average over 20 PPR points per game. And so, mm-hmm. you know, kudos to him for how he performed. And, you know, we, we talked about this prior to the season. Um, about receivers age 30 and, and, and above and between him and, and Mike Evans, it was a, it was a fantastic season for both those guys. You know, we can certainly debate about the, the performances and injuries uh, as well with Cooper cup and Deandre Hopkins and Devonte Adams, you know, three other prominent receivers that were age 30 and above and how they performed. But um, for what Keenan Allen did and probably means to Justin Herbert. And I would imagine would mean to whatever coach is coming in to, you know, you know, lead those guys. They would love to have a player like Keenan Allen, certainly at a reduced cost, but to love to have a player like him around to help, you know, ease the transition of what the, the next phase of this receiving core looks like. Cause they whiffed at least what it seems like on Quentin Johnson. And hopefully, you know, he's able to uh, have a better second year and beyond. But right now it looks like this receiving core is a disaster. If Mike Williams, even back, not ready, but 30 years old, coming off an ACL, 32-year-old Keenan Allen, and you know a, a struggling you know rookie receiver like Quentin Johnson. I agree. Um, rank these three for PPR in 2024. Keenan Allen, Tank Dell, Devontae Adams. Everybody at home, do the same. Dell, Adam, Dell Allen, Adams. Allen went first of the three in our mock draft, 25th overall. So it's interesting because I'm I'm finishing up the uh, the lists of our top twelve wide receivers that'll be published on Wednesday, and Heath is the only one to have Keenan Allen ranked in his top twelve. Uh, Adam, you were actually the only one to have both Texans receivers in your top twelve. Only three people had um, Tank Dell ranked in their top twelve. Nobody has Devonte Adams in their top twelve. So uh, of of this group, Dell from our seven people who did this exercise, Dell is the highest, then Allen, then Adams. Yeah, I think it's pretty ridiculous that I didn't put Keenan Allen in the top 12. Uh, doesn't he deserve it? Because he's top 12 per game. He's not top five. You know, this was just a, a strangely great year, but he's top 12 per game every single year in PPR. 
and he is going to be 32. <laughs> That's crazy, but showing no signs of slowing down. And well, I he think, showed a big sign of slowing down. You know, yeah. Missed four games in the, he, end of the season. He, yeah, he did. I, I never like to speculate on this stuff, but they were out of it. Justin Herbert wasn't playing, so I do. Sure. You That's know, true. you have to wonder about that. Like, uh, actually, who that happened with uh, two years ago? Um, Hopkins. Hopkins. Yep. Thank you, Hopkins. Um, so yeah, but but he he was so good, and I feel like young players get hurt all the time too. You know, so am I going to take Tank Dell over him coming off major surgery? Uh, you know, not for an ACL or anything, but for a broken leg. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a little crazy if he ends up back with the Chargers, you know. And and then I think you compare him to a guy like, uh, like, um, <laughs> geez, I was going to say Wes Welker, uh, not Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, Edelman, Julian Edelman, who aged very well and put up great PPR numbers, a hundred catch kind of kind of seasons at in his early thirties, and I think that's what the profile of Keenan Allen kind of looks like. So maybe a player like Keenan Allen can withstand age, you know, better than a different type of outside physical receiver because he's just getting over so it, short. It's, it's interesting, and we'll spend a lot of time on this this offseason, but, like, you know, when you were talking about your quarterback, putting a quarterback in the top 24 when we talked on Monday, like, in, in this case, you don't have to have Allen ranked as a top 12 guy, but if you feel like he's safer yeah. and still has the same type of upside, this is the type of player you can pivot to if you're just like, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm stuck. Yeah. All right, I'm going to ask you guys a question, then we're going to move on here. Atlanta, you're a head coach. You're the hottest head coach candidate out there. Everyone Woo. wants you. The Falcons, the Chargers, the Panthers, the Titans, and the Commanders have offered you the job. Which one are you taking? Atlanta. Run down the teams one more time. Falcons, Chargers, Panthers, Titans, Commanders. Yeah, I think it's either Atlanta or the Chargers. I would say that I'd the owner would be the tiebreaker, and I would say Atlanta. See, I'd go to Atlanta because you get to reshape the quarterback position, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully in, in a way that would benefit the playmakers there. It's a division that's clearly wide open that you could walk in and win right away um, and have, you know, a lot of young talent yeah. locked up for, for several years. Plus, it's a defense, I think, that can that can certainly be competitive to win now in the playoffs if they get another piece or two. Um, so... That that's the easy choice for me. I think if you're looking from like you know what Dave said with the owner, like as bad as the Panther situation is, those guys are getting paid for a long time. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> you're you're pretty much set, no matter if you last a year or you last uh, you know, hopefully you know a, a long tenure. Sure, but you'll get paid similarly from Atlanta. You, you know, just might do more work in Atlanta than you might in Carolina. You want to talk about reshaping the quarterback situation, though. The commanders are definitely going to be able to do that. They have the second pick, and they have the most cap space in the NFL. So that is another one that's that's pretty interesting. I think I read today. Yeah, that, that would actually be second for me yeah. um, of, of the the teams that you listed, unless you want to go the Chargers just because you're tied to Justin Herbert. Uh, but yeah, you know, you have the chance to you know maybe get Caleb Williams if you want to make a trade with Chicago, or if Chicago has other plans. Uh, Drake May is sitting in your lap if you decide to go a different direction, or or the the team at one goes a different direction. Um, it should be better ownership. You know, I think, you know, people forget that there's no more Daniel Snyder. So the culture there and everything about that team is definitely heading in the right direction. And Who's I forgetting think that? Huh? Dan Schneider. Who, who would forget that? There isn't a um, single Commanders fan that's forgotten that. There are the Commanders fans, but I think that. the general public may, may not realize, like, there's the, – the, the, the novice fan may not realize that there's there's a better situation. Uh, there, there will be better opportunities to win because I think the uh, the – 
the allure of that team will be there as opposed to teams maybe not wanting to go sign there as free agents outside of, you know, chasing money. Um, I, I think it's interesting, you know, that, that Ben Johnson's name is getting linked there. You know, I, we, we probably would have said a few months ago, no, 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 stay away. But because of the ability to draft a quarterback and, you know, hopefully spend some money on the right spots, mm-hmm. it could turn around quickly and could be a good fantasy situation as well. Hey, if you're not busy, you're not doing anything busy, Grizz. Go vote for us on sportspodcastawards.com. Thank you, Dave. Sportspodcastawards.com. Click vote now. Find the best fantasy betting and gaming podcast category and vote for fantasy football today. We have a couple of weeks left. Help us out here. Uh, sportspodcastawards.com. Best fantasy betting and gaming podcast. Thank you very much. It's super quick and super easy. There's a promo. There's a, a link in the episode description, or you can do the QR code on YouTube. Uh, the Fantasy Awards. Who won? Let's find out. Our Fantasy MVP. We asked you on Facebook. We got a lot of votes, so this is good stuff. Our candidates were McCaffrey, both Rams guys, Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua, and Dak Prescott. And this was the landslide, runaway, biggest blowout of all of them. And who do you guys think won the Fantasy MVP? Should Kyron. be Kyron, but I think it might be McCaffrey. It was McCaffrey, 72% oh. of the votes. 72%. Okay. And I agreed with it. I, I I like that's who I voted for. So I was surprised at the margin. But it was the four games missed, I think, from Kyron that that took it to gave it to McCaffrey easily there. So congratulations, Christian McCaffrey. You are our fantasy MVP. Biggest bust. We had Mahomes, Bijan, Pollard, and Stefan Diggs. And now I, of course, you know how I work. Like I do a game show. I screw up one of the rules. I try to get a mock draft. I invite too many people. I always mess up one detail. I don't pay attention. I left the option. I forgot this was even an option on Facebook when I did the polls for people to add more poll options themselves. So any of the people in the group could have added options. And they did add one. And that person actually won. But the... but. The four that we gave were Mahomes, Bijan, Pollard, and Diggs. Of that group, who do you think won with 33% of the vote? Pollard. I'll say Bijan. It was Pollard. Pollard had 33%. So he's sort of the unofficial winner. Now, there was a write-in candidate that got 36% of the vote. And I didn't, I don't remember if I put non-injury related, but I think you could make the case either way. Eckler. Eckler got 36% of the vote. He was so bad when he was healthy. So I don't know. Who should we give it to, Pollard or Eckler? Uh, so what I did for the story for the all-bus team, I said uh, I had to play um, – um, could only miss a minimum of four games, and he missed three. Yeah, I think he's a. It's I, that's all he missed was three. I think he wins. Yeah. Then I think we got to give it to Eckler. We got to respect the the people's vote. Yeah, I think you've got to give it to the people. He had a good week one. He got hurt in week one. He really didn't put it together except for a three week stretch in the middle of the year, and then after that, mostly Dudsville. And if the people want it, you know, I'm glad that you left that open. You should do that yeah, next year. I guess so. You let people add other options next year. Why should it be up to us on who's nominated? Let them nominate too. Eckler's a good choice. All right. Best waiver wire ad. We had Puka, Kyron, Love, and Purdy. And this was a runaway to 55% of the vote too. Kyron. Oh, yeah. Kyron. Was it Kyron or Puka? It was Kyron. 29% to Puka. 
That's what I thought. And I will say five people said Sam Laporta. We didn't put him on there because he, he was drafted in a lot yeah. of leagues, but mm. shout out to Sam Laporta. <clears throat> and comeback player of the year, we had Brees Hall, Raheem Mostert, Dak Prescott, and Joe Flacco. Brees Hall, Raheem Mostert, Dak Prescott, and Joe Flacco. One of these guys got 51% of the vote. Who's our comeback player of the year? You were saying it's got to be Brees Hall. I, I think, though, if people didn't interpret correctly, they may have said Flacco just because he may be the actual NFL comeback player of the year. I, I would have voted Mostert. Uh, Mostert was second at 32%. I don't know what he's coming back from. I don't even get that, but sure. Flacco is the winner. And yeah, Brees Hall only got 7% of the vote. Tied with Dak. Uh, Flacco, 51%. He's our comeback player of the year. I think it's ridiculous. He played, what, five games? Six games? Five games. Brees Hall was like the number two running back in fantasy or something like that. I, Whatever. You all are wrong. But you are entitled to be wrong. Thank you very much for voting. Much appreciated. Thank you for being so on if, Facebook if, if we take only the polls, right? So take out the Eckler write-in winner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everything we suggested was, <laughs> did not come through except for Kyron as the comeback, as the uh, waiver wire guy. Because yeah. I think we said Monday that it should have been Williams as the MVP. I was on McCaffrey. Um, I, I did say I was, I was on McCaffrey. You, you said McCaffrey. Um, the biggest bust. Was, no, we had that. Was, we had Pollard. I know, but we didn't. But we, we didn't get that. the one that everybody. Right, wanted. we did. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, <that's> true. <laughs> you, you were saying Brees Hall should be the comeback player of the year, and we were saying that Kyron would be most likely waiver wire. Yeah, so, Kyron. Three four. Nobody agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back and talk about our mock draft. I'll give you a few more news items from around the NFL, and we'll get into our mock draft right after this. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome back. Okay, a few news items real quick. The Chargers interviewed Kellen Moore for their head coach position. Mason Rudolph's going to start for the Steelers. TJ Watt is out. The Steelers could get two safeties back when they lose at Buffalo this weekend. Everyone on the Dolphins' defense is injured, basically. Uh, But Jalen Waddell and Raheem Mostert were limited. Christian McCaffrey is expected to play next week. And the Cowboys, it seems like cornerback Stephon Gilmore is likely to play. We'll talk more about the games tomorrow. Mock draft review. All right, I have five questions for you here. And by the way, if you want to follow along with the mock draft. Oh, we got an offensive coordinator firing. Oh, yeah, who? Luke Getze has been relieved of his duties. All right, any reaction there? Uh, There's a lot of sentiment that if the Bears are going to move on from Justin Fields, they should move on from Matt Eberflus as well and just hit the reset button across the board. If they're keeping Eberflus, it's probably a sign that they're going to stick with Justin Fields. So you can sort of – it's not necessarily tied together, but this is uh, a potential sign that um, Eberflus might be able to keep his job. Right. When's the last time you saw an offensive coordinator fired and then the head coach gets fired right after? Right. Okay. Seems That seems rare. And so if, if this is the move that the Bears are making, this is their reaction to the season, then that means Eberflus is staying, and that, I would imagine, would greatly improve Justin Fields' chances of staying. Okay, so the uh, the results of this draft are available on the website. 
I will put a link in the episode description. If you're listening, I've already done that. So you can click on that. You can follow along with the draft. 12 teams, full PPR, three wide receivers, and a flex. No kickers, no DSTs. All right. So what was the best pick of this draft, Dave Richard? I have two, but one of them was my pick, so I don't want to give out my pick. I will say that the best pick went to Heath, who took Josh Allen in round four. Just a total callback to when we were devaluing the quarterback position two years ago, refusing to take them too soon, and then just getting amazing value. And Josh, it was like late round four, too, when Josh Allen went. So I think that that was the best pick of the draft. Okay. And an unlikely one that anybody will see in any of their leagues next year. Well, we'll see. We'll see how people react to what was a a very even distribution of fantasy points among quarterbacks last season. Uh, Jamie, what was the best pick in your mind? Um, and I was jealous of it when Dan took uh, Ty J Spears. I was I was so torn <laughs> on Ramondre Stevenson and Spears. I'm like, you know, if if anybody's looking at total points, you know, I don't know how people were sorting this because we were doing it without really a draft room per se, um, a, a a legitimate rank list to follow of of the full list of players. And so I was like, oh, maybe I can get Spears one round later. Let me just see if I could sneak him through. And I, I like Ramondre because I think he'll be undervalued this year as well, coming off the injury, depending on who the coach and quarterback is there for New England. But uh, still has an opportunity to be a very good fantasy asset. And then sure enough, Dan got – and he was boasting and bragging about this. <laughs> I'm going to take the, this player all the time. He's going to be a round three pick next season. I don't know if they'll get that high if he's even the starter there for Tennessee. But um, – yeah, he got him in uh, in, in round six. I took uh, Stevenson in round five. Um, I'm sorry, no, it was round six going back the other way. Uh, I took Stevenson in round six. I was hoping to get him in round seven. So uh, it was a great pick by Dan, and I was uh, buyer's remorse with Ramondre Stevenson. Okay. Are you saying now that if you could do it again, you'd take Tajay Spears over Ramondre Stevenson? Uh, no, I'm not there yet, but uh i i do think if, if he is the guy for tennessee depending on some of the changes that they make he was fantastic in limited uh limited opportunities this season on a terrible team and i think that they will improve their offensive line can't get any worse uh you know we'll see if will levis is is their guy it looks like that's the case but um a a, a lot that i i think you you'll be excited about with spears if he's the the number one running back for tennessee okay the oh my best pick I think maybe Dave was gonna say this one Mark Andrews fifty ninth overall, yeah. right loved it late round five That's pick great. for Mark. There's Andrews. no way he's gonna go that late. He's he might he might play in the playoffs. Like they're gonna start getting him back on the practice field soon. Well, and they don't play this week, so it's gonna be like seven weeks since he broke his leg. So yeah. if he might play in the playoffs and then have as close to as normal of an off season as you can imagine. And then he'll be back next year. Right? No way he's going in round five. That was a, that was a that was a fluke. He went after Kyle Pitts. That's wild. That's a yeah. yeah that's a crazy. Pick. Well, I mean, if again, if you're projecting and get a new coach for Atlanta that knows how to use Kyle Pitts the right way, he might have the most upside of any tight end. Yeah, I think that Andrews does have some concerns. He played nine healthy games. And in six of them, he had four to six targets. This is still a team that that really didn't throw much at all. And then and they added Zay Flowers and Beckham. And I did think he saw a little bit of a target crunch. We'll see if they bring back Beckham. But Flowers is going to have a, a role, obviously. 
Uh, and then, like, I, does Isaiah likely just go away? He was so good. That, he was. You know, you have to wonder, does he does he have an increased role? Does that take targets away from Mark Andrews? So he could have a target crunch next year that we haven't really seen before. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Uh, but still the best pick. Good job, Dave. And I called Dave yesterday because he made two picks right before me that got me so mad. And the second time I, in my car, yes, I was in my car, he, I cursed at Dave I, yeah. I said, you know, screw you, Dave. Only, only more worse than that. Um, anyway, uh, worst pick, Dave. You can start here. What was the worst pick? Uh, this is another one where I had two. Uh, I'm going to take the guy who actually went higher. It was Kenneth Walker in round two. I thought that that was a little too soon for a running back who had, I think it was like six games. I've got it right here. He had six games with 15 plus PPR points. Six games with 10.7 or fewer PPR points, and another three games he missed or barely played in. I know that he's got great, you know, potential because of the breakaway runs, but there were games we for sure saw him lose passing downs work and third down work to Zach Charbonnet. And toward the end of the year, we saw him losing goal line work to Charbonnet. And I just can't help but think that there's not going to be anything that changes this offseason that's going to make us say, oh, okay, we can be back all in on Kenneth Walker as a second round pick. So I, I still love the talent. I just wouldn't take him in round two. All right, Jamie, what was the worst pick for you? Not, um, not By the way, I'm sorry. This was not on, I said it like it was on Jamie's team. I was asking these guys overall worst pick. So yeah, Jamie, overall worst pick in this draft. I didn't like Mike Evans in round two where he went, you know. Um, That's a good one. It was, uh, what, Tony? 20th? Um Little, little too soon for me. Um, like, you can debate how good he'll still be. Uh, we'll see who the quarterback is there, but it feels like you got away with what Mike Evans was able to accomplish this season, and to be chasing that another year that early, uh, I just didn't like it. Well, he's a free agent, so there. It's I, I think he's going to stay in Tampa. So I would imagine being with Baker is the most likely outcome, but still a chance that he could move on to a different team. Uh, you know, does does Kansas City figure out a way to get their hands on him? Would you take him in round two if if he's the number one target for Patrick Mahomes? I don't know if he would be the number one receiver for Patrick Mahomes. It's true. Hmm. Okay, my worst pick was also Ken Walker, but I also had Josh Downs. He went with the second pick of round seven. I just don't know that he really justified that, and he had a nice connection for a little while with. Gardner Minshew. Remember, they're going to have a new, a different quarterback next year. Who's not going to throw the ball as much? Well, you know, what if Pittman's gone and it's another rookie? Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, then fine. But uh, but I, you, you got to keep Pittman. So uh, this is a tough draft to do. You have to sort of take your own stances on players and where they're going to be next year. You know, and and like like Raheem most. You know, we we draft Devon Achan 14th overall. Who's to say Raheem Mostert's not going to be better than him next year? But but we don't expect that. We don't even know if Mostert's going to be there. You have to make these decisions at this point. So I'm just assuming Pittman's going to be back with the Colts. Young receiver, like, well, he, sh- he should be back. But yeah. there 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 are there were a few times just in the draft room where I know people were like, oh, that's a great pick to other other people who made those selections. And so you know if you look at Dan's team, I, I think that was kind of his approach 
um, in certain spots. Like he took Kelsey in round three. That doesn't necessarily speak to I'm taking younger players with upside, but the value of Travis Kelsey in round three and Dan's mind, I'm sure was hard to overlook, but I know he was excited about Spears clearly based on what he said. And if you just look at some of the players that he drafted, he drafted Josh Downs, who could be the number one receiver there for the Colts. I don't think anybody thinks that's a great situation for what would a number one receiver be. But in that spot, if he is that guy, that's about the the, the range he'll start to be considered in PPR where you start three wide receivers. He took Quentin Johnston, who could be the number one receiver for the Chargers, or certainly somebody that could take a step forward. He took um, Michael Wilson, who could be the number one receiver for the Char- you know the Cardinals. You know, There's lots of different scenarios that could unfold where these guys aren't necessarily the type of ideal number one guys. But I know like that's how Dan thinks, because he also was like, oh my God, uh, you did such a great, you had a great pick with Chase Brown, you know, when I took him, who could be the number one running back for the Bengals, you know. So um, just putting myself in Dan's shoes, that's, I think, the approach that he took. He's looking for yeah. potential guys that could step forward in in the upcoming season. Yeah, I think you're probably doing – not. No, I like Josh Downs, no disrespect. But you're, I think you're doing Anthony Richardson a disservice if he's your number one wide receiver. I just don't think he's a number one guy. And the point I was going to make, he went two spots ahead of JSN. And if I'm going to gamble on a number two receiver there – uh, sorry, if I'm going to gamble on a year two receiver there, I'm definitely taking Jackson Smith okay. and Jigba ahead of Josh Downs. Yep. All right. Next category is uh, biggest mm. risk in the first round. And the first round was McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, Lamb, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Brees Hall, Bijan Robinson, Amonra St. Brown, uh, Amonra St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, back to back Lions, AJ Brown, Jonathan Taylor, and Kyron Williams. What's the biggest risk, Dave, in round one? I think you could make the case for any of them being a risk. The the two that I think you can make the easiest case for, one is McCaffrey, just because he's the only old man in this group and 28 years old playing running back. Like eventually there's going to be a year where you know it's going to happen. And then the other one was AJ Brown. And I know that taking wide receivers in round one, it's 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 a it's definitely a great strategy. It's one that I'm trying to work hard on converting to and like promising myself that I'm going to take a wide receiver in round one. But as good as he was and as as much fantasy production as he gave you before the end of the year, I still think the Eagles want to be a run-centric offense, one that certainly you know what's going to happen when they get inside the five, when they get at the one. And I, I just I worry a little bit about A.J. Brown getting back to 17 PPR points per game. 18 PPR points per game being worth that first round pick and the drop off from that range of where Brown might fall short of to other wide receivers. I mean, that litters round two to get a bunch of receivers that can get you 16, 17, 15 and a half PPR points per game. It's, it's more than just round two. So to me, it's Brown with McCaffrey as an honorable mention. Yeah, I, I I love AJ Brown there. I I think he's still going to be a, an absolute alpha dominant wide receiver. He's shown that in two seasons for Philadelphia, and I don't think that changes as long as he's healthy and as long as Jalen Hurts is healthy. So, to me, that pick was absolutely one hundred percent the right spot, if not you know a couple picks higher. Uh, it's Kyron Williams. I mean, look, we'll, you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll jump to the, the the biggest talking point here. If he gets any sort of competition, can he still be that guy? Do the do the Rams still decide to feature him the same way? Uh, I think you should be hopeful. Um, you know, I have him on, on a couple of dynasty leagues. I'm very excited about Kyron Williams going into 2024, but you know, can he do that again for a guy that was barely used in his rookie campaign? And did he just prove to be the best guy on the roster and ran away with the opportunity? Can he do that again? Or is this going to be another Damian Pierce, right. James Robinson type of guy that, you know, not a lot of, uh, 
not the best draft profile coming into the league, took advantage of a situation, and then eventually gets replaced. Yep. 4.65 40-yard dash. And I know some people don't care about that, but that's not that's just not a great indicator. Um, and uh, it's, it, it doesn't lead to a lot of success. It's 40-time that slow, fifth-round pick, Kyron Williams. And one thing I noticed about Kyron, I shared this with Dave earlier today, his schedule was really easy. Um, he, If you look at yards per carry allowed to running backs, he did not face a single team that finished top 10 in that category. And in 12 games, he had eight opponents that were bottom 10 in yards per carry allowed to running backs. Compare that to Rashad White. Rashad White faced one team all season that was bottom 10 in yards per carry allowed to running backs. Kyron Williams faced eight of them in 12 games. Rashad White faced seven teams that finished top eight in yards per carry allowed to running backs. Kyron Williams faced none. So it's a very imperfect stat because at different points in the year, teams are better or worse against the run. Like his week one, he faced the Seahawks. Seahawks were really good against the run, and he had a good game. Um, But at the end of the year, the Seahawks were terrible against the run, and they finished bad. But at that point, they were like one of the best run defenses in football for some reason. So it's not a perfect stat, but he had a very favorable schedule. Well, he's also in in a perfect situation. You know, I mean, no real backup to take him off the field. Great play caller. Um, You know, offensive line that got rebuilt on the fly, essentially, and was, was very good. You know, so those things should still be there for him, again, unless they decide to bring somebody else in. But... You know, the Rams, we know what their draft capital is, uh, how they operate. Um, I think they kind of learned their lesson in terms of spending money on that position. I don't think they'll do that. So they seem to have their guy. It's just a matter of how much will he still be the guy. I remember before he had the uh, ankle injury, I think it was ankle injury, um, they were talking about using Ronnie Rivers more. Yeah. Uh, all right. One more question. One more question, and then we'll get to the results of the draft. P- position you were okay waiting on. Dave? Quarterback. Jamie? Pretty obvious. There's more than enough to go around. I mean, I got Evan Ingram in round 10 and Jordan Love in round 11. Right. So you tell me I get players of that caliber that late, I'll do that 10 out of 10 times. Right. I got Jake Ferguson. I don't even know what round, one of my last picks. So I was going to say, honestly, I think the answer to this question is every position except wide receiver. When you look at some of the running backs that went right now, I mean, Tony Pollard, 60th, James Conner, 61, Swift, Mostert. It, these are all in round six. Ramondre Stevenson, Javante Williams, Spears, Montgomery at the end of round six, Eckler, Najee, Brian Robinson, Derrick Henry. Seems like well, I mean, look at good look value at, there. While, while, you're, while you're there, I guess we could look at Zach's draft from the 10 spot. And he went receiver, 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 tight end with his first four picks. And that was A.J. Brown, Chris Olave, Brandon Ayuk, and Trey McBride, who you can make a case that's three top 12 wide receivers. That's the, you know, how several people have him ranked. I think Dave has all three of those guys in his top 12, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and McBride is, you know, going to be in the conversation to be the number one tight end, certainly a top three option going into next year. So he hit home runs on all of those picks. Then it's a matter of do you like his running backs? And so he went four running backs in a row after that with Joe Mixon, Raheem Mostert, Derrick Henry, and Jalen Warren. And I think a lot of people would puke when you hear those names as the group going into 2024 based on what we think is going to happen to them now. Mostert's 31. Mixon may not have a team. Henry may not have a team. And Warren may still be behind Najee Harris. So he could have done some different things in those rounds. Um, He could have 
I think, if I'm not mistaken, taking Ramondre Stevenson over Mostert, yep. um, which is something I would have definitely done. Uh, could have taken Najee Harris over Mostert, you know, who, who at least finished the season strong. Um, and and uh, am I reading it right that he could have taken Montgomery too? No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah like after he Mon- took Mostert, Stevenson, Javante, Tajay Spears, David Montgomery, they all went. He could have taken Pollard yep. and Connor so over if, Mix. If he, has, if he has, let's say, Montgomery and, and Stevenson, that looks like a hell of a team right now, you know, if he has those those four options. And then he waited, and the quarterback that he decided on was Tua. So, you know, however you want to view Tua going the next year. Like, that's an uh, that's a fantastic build from the strategy standpoint. You know, how he executed it may not have been great with the the running backs that he took. And maybe not taking four, he could have taken three and then another receiver mixed in there to have a maybe better flex option. But that's a, that's a great build if you just want to attack it. It's not necessarily zero RB, but it's a, you know, close enough way to start it that you know you're you're hitting home runs on your three receivers you hit a home run on your tight end at least you hope so you still get a good enough quarterback that's got top 10 upside and then you just hope that you get a couple running backs in there that can make your team work this is exactly zero rb you're going four picks without a running back and then and then you're hammering semantics and then you're you're getting some running backs who are veterans and and that's what you're counting on he's hoping that of the guys that he got Two of them can start for him at the beginning of the year, and then he's got work to do. He's got to find a running back off the waiver wire at some point in the year, maybe several times, to go and fill in that spot. He, In theory, the whole idea behind zero RB is you're getting wide receivers who you're going to hit on, who aren't going to miss time with injury, and who who are going to basically carry your team while hoping to just strike on one running back that can match those wide receivers. And then another one, whether it's one for three weeks, one for four weeks, whatever, that just help you along the way. So I, I, it's a great strategy. I think he did a phenomenal job with those first four picks. Okay. We're going to take a break, and we're going to look at the results of this mock draft when we come back on Fantasy Football Today. Okay, the results of our mock draft. Let's start with round one, and uh, not a lot to talk about here. We already talked about A.J. Brown and Kyron Williams. We have two Detroit Lions in round one. And if I had taken Garrett Wilson 12th instead of 13th, we would have had two New York Jets. McCaffrey, Tyreek. Lamb, Jamar Chase, Jefferson, Brees Hall, Bijan, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, A.J. Brown, two people with Brown in their last name, too. How about that? Jonathan Taylor and Kyron Williams. On to round two. Garrett Wilson, Devon Achan, Chris Olave, Puka Nakua, Ken Walker, who we already decided that was too early for him, Nico Collins, uh, who did go before Tank Dell, about a round. DJ Moore, Mike Evans, so that's probably a little bit too early for him. Travis Etienne, Saquon Barkley, Stefan Diggs, and Michael Pittman. All right, so again, round two is Garrett Wilson, Devon Achan, Chris Olave, Puka Nakua, Ken Walker, Nico Collins, DJ Moore, Mike Evans, Travis Etienne, Saquon Barkley, Stefan Diggs, and Michael Pittman. It is nothing but running backs and wide receivers. Jamie, your reaction around two. I mean, kind of what you expect. You know, the the receiver value is going to be fantastic in this spot, you know, um, give or take a few of the players that were, were drafted there. But, you know, you're looking at, uh, you know, the running backs that were in this round, you know, save for you know, Ken Walker, like I would, I would prefer Pacheco over him. I would take James Cook over him. I would take Rashad White over him. So, you know, you put those guys, and I would take all those guys over Barkley as well. Um, You put those guys, you know, potentially in round two, you know, you could see that happen, but get used to the fact of, 
you know, this is probably the earliest you'll see quarterbacks go. I hope people learn their lesson and don't reach for, you know, Mahomes or, or Josh Allen. You know, I'm not going to say who it was, but we had somebody who, um, we, 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 I did at least, uh, you know, talked out of taking Mahomes in the first round, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, someone who's not necessarily used to drafting very much, but, um, you know, that if you really want Mahomes or you want a quarterback, you could probably get them in, in round two or later, in this case, round three or later. So uh, Dave's right. We won't see Josh Allen in round four, but I do think in most of the experienced leagues, we will start to see quarterbacks fall into the third round. You know, typically you see those guys go in late second, early third. I think now we'll start to see them mid third into you know the fourth round in some cases, but uh, going to be very heavy on running back and wide receiver in the beginning part of the draft in the first two rounds. Okay, let's go to round three. Keenan Allen, get a little older here. Keenan Allen and Travis Kelsey. Actually, you know what? Let me give you some real quick rapid fire round two questions. Rapid fire. Michael Pittman, top 24, yes or no? Today, yes. We'll see after free agency. Late round two is fine in full PPR. Who do you like better, ETN or Barkley? ETN. Same. Do you think Olave deserves to be a top 15 pick? Absolutely. Close to it. Okay, he hasn't really justified it yet. And you could obviously say the same exact thing for Garrett Wilson, who went 13th, but obviously you know why I'm taking Garrett Wilson there, Aaron Rodgers. But does If you Azer stat it and take the 11 games where Olave had eight or more targets, he averaged 17.1 PPR well, points. Well, I would never do that. That's not how you Azer said. No, well, no, I'm serious. Azer said it with Derek Carr's shoulder injury in the game that he missed. That I would do. Yeah. Um, but he just, like, I don't know. He doesn't score enough t- damn touchdowns. And I just blame Taysom Hill for it. But, uh, all right. I like Olave. Uh, we all like Would him. you like him better if, how old is he going to be? 32-year-old Taysom Hill isn't on I don't the think roster? 34-year-old Taysom Hill. I don't think he's on the, the team next year. I love Taysom and Hill. Injured, and, they, and they phased him out at the end of the season. Taysom Hill's my favorite player, just so y'all know. Good. He hope he ends up on the Giants. <laughs> I, I hope he will make any team better. He's terrible for fantasy. He will make any team better. Okay, uh, let's go to Fair. round three. Uh, Keenan Allen, Travis Kelsey, Sam Laporta. Stop right there. Did we get that right? Kelsey won Laporta too? No. No. Who's won? Laporta won for you? Yeah, assuming uh, that he's healthy and he has a semblance of an offseason, he tar- takes part of training camp. He would be my number one tight end. Okay. I would take uh, McBride over Kelsey, too. All right. Tank In full Dell. PPR, I get it. Yeah, Tank Dell, James Cook, Rashad White. Jamie took him there. I thought that was a great pick. Oh, I was thrilled with that. Rashad White, middle of round three. Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Isaiah Pacheco, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, back-to-back, and T. Higgins. I, you know... I was surprised with the Tagans pick. Hmm, me too. <laughs> I think that was that was my pick. I think that's when you typed. I'd love to get a live camera of Adam tilting because the all clock was points. running down. And I, I, well, I mean, we obviously had a big discussion on T Higgins, and uh, I can't imagine you loving him there if he's the second guy in Cincinnati. No, I do like him there if he's the second guy in Cincinnati. If they just run it back, I think about where T Higgins has been the last couple of years where we were taking him right around 18th last year, middle of round three, as a very, very safe pick that didn't have you know elite upside but had a very high floor. And I still think he can be that if he's the number two in Cincinnati, which I think is the most likely thing there. 
I'd actually prefer him be the number two in Cincinnati than be the number one on a, a bad offense. You know, I don't want yeah, him. Yeah, like Carolina, right? Right, exactly. I don't want him to go I, to the Giants. Yeah, but he could be the number one in Kansas City. Well, he could. So, you know, there's there's upside there. But He'd be the number one in the chart for the Chargers. I did this draft as if T. Higgins was going to be the number two, was going to be the same. It, I, the Bengals are going to run it back with Burrow, Chase, Higgins. Not Mixon necessarily. And I think Higgins is a good pick at 36 because he wasn't going there last year. He had a strange year. Burrow had a strange year. I don't really know what to make of it. I think it's worth the gamble there at 36. But it took me a long time to make the pick. So, you know, I was sweating that. Uh, yeah. Well, you didn't like it? You didn't like it there? No, I, I don't I don't think it's a bad pick. I would have taken Rice over him for sure. I think there's more upside right now. Um, and you can argue Devontae Smith is in a better spot if you're just talking about number two receivers. And I get your your you're you're probably negative on on Smith. Then you just sort of, you know, start to look at how the board unfolded. Like, you know, Metcalf, we we crapped on him again and he had another solid season and should be fine. Um, you, you know, if you're starting to project out Zay Flowers and what he might become, you know, after what we saw this season. And the the wild card to me, and it was, I thought it was a great pick by Thomas, was uh Drake London because again, new coach, new court, new new coach, new offense, new quarterback, hopefully. And you're just unleashing these guys, and we've seen some some solid performances at times for London. Imagine what he could be if he's getting you know 150 plus targets from from a competent quarterback. He could be an absolute stud, and we could be talking about him as a second round pick. So you know those guys again. If you're projecting out, I know you're looking for you know a safe floor with a potential high ceiling. The ceiling play might be those other guys, and if you're you know floor, floors could be Devonte Smith type of guy, DK Metcalf type of guy, similar to T Higgins. Ceiling though, to me. Probably favors Rice for sure, and and a guy like maybe Flowers and even Drake London. There, there's an easy scenario where Rice doesn't have that ceiling, and that is they bring in a legit number one receiver. Sure, you know, so that hurts Rice. The next pick I made was Jalen Waddle. By the way, I took him with the first pick of round four. I definitely think Jalen Waddle has a ceiling, you know, a high ceiling. He's an explosive yeah. player. So, um, yeah, it, it, obviously we got Jimmy got into round four. Uh, the question I would have for round three, Dave, just real quick, is Cup and Adams, what you know, too risky or just right? I mean, we got Keenan Allen there, too. We have three receivers in their 30s now, Allen, Cup, and Adams in round three. I think there's a lot that can change with all three of them. I think the situation that's least likely to change is going to be Cup staying in L.A. And is he going to be the, the, the 1A or the 1B with Puka? That's going to be interesting to figure out. But Devontae Adams, I don't think, is a lock to stay in Las Vegas. And I don't think Keenan Allen is a 100% lock to stay with the Chargers. I might put Allen as a higher percentage to stay with his team and for his situation to be the same than Devontae's. But I'm I'm going to put I'm going to put Allen at the top of that list for now. Devontae second and Cup third. I think this is the round for all three, but Cup is going to be toward the back. I think he should potentially go like Anywhere from 35 to 40. Okay. All right. Let's go to uh, round four. Jalen Waddle, Rasheed Rice. Uh, Zach Brook took Trey McBride, third tight end off the board. Devontae Smith. It's just, it's funny now. If you remember that group of receivers at the end of round two and into round three last year, it was Waddle, Devontae, Higgins. I feel like Olave was in there too. I think Olave ended up being ahead of them by the time. No, we got he was mine. And then Calvin like, Ridley for us. But anyway, Waddle. Smith. He was ahead for me. Waddle, Smith, I, and Higgins I, I all felt moved like we down. Were taking him. I felt like we were taking Olave at like 20th overall. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure his ADP was behind those guys, though. Yeah, overall, I agree. But yes. like within the last like two weeks of draft season. 
You don't think Olave? No, made I think a jump I think you're both right. I think Olave. We started maybe taking him earlier, but his ADP was just behind those other guys. But they all moved down, right? Well, not Olave, but but Waddle, Devontae, and Higgins. They all moved down. Um, let's see. Oh, and I know what it was. Those were the three guys who were the number two options on their teams. Kind of interesting. Alvin Kamara goes in the middle of round four. Drake London, DK Metcalf, Zay Flowers, Josh Allen, Amari Cooper, Jalen Hurts, and Jordan Addison. So we already know the quarterback's coming off the board here. We like that late in round four. What about the year two receivers who go here, Jamie? Zay Flowers, eighth in round in round four, and then the last pick of round four, Jordan Addison. Uh, I love the Zay Flowers pick. Again, you know, what you saw from him, um, certainly after Mark Andrews' injury, and I think that shows the Ravens and shows Lamar that he can produce like an alpha number one receiver, which is how he was drafted. So, you know, going back to the Mark Andrews conversation, you brought this up, Adam, you know, can Andrews still be that guy for Baltimore? I certainly think he's got the chance to be a top tier tight end, but I don't know if he's going to necessarily dominate the passing game work and and the production in the passing game like he has in years past because of what Flowers should be able to bring to this offense. So I love that selection in round four. Um, Addison, to me, is a little bit of a reach because you still have Jefferson there. It's the same concerns as he was as a rookie. You know, the the only thing that may help him a little bit, and granted, he was great. I don't think this is a – and we're nitpicking, you know. So we're like round five, round six, maybe at the, at, at the latest for Addison, you know, is, is where he should go. Um but in terms of, you know, where, where's his high-end potential, he's never going to be the one. You don't know right. the quarterback situation right now. And then if Hawkinson is 100% come week one, you still have that factor also. So uh, it just felt a little bit too soon for Addison, especially some of the guys that went behind him in round five. That's the thing I, I, I think you look at. There's some guys that went after him. Like, I like Jaden Reed better than Jordan Addison, personally. I was thrilled to get in in round five. Agreed. Uh, he averaged 12.4 PPR points per game in the first five weeks of the season. That's when Cousins was healthy. Jefferson was playing. I think Jefferson got hurt in that week five game, if I recall. And his best numbers came after that uh, with Cousins and no Justin Jefferson. You'll remember the game against the 49ers for Addison. For Flowers, he just ended last season so strong. And you can't help but think that he's going to be able to pick up from there and maybe be like one of the best breakout wide receivers in fantasy in 2024. So completely agree. Totally on board with Zay Flowers as the top 50 type of pick. I'm going to have to update my my research. So few examples of wide receivers on offenses that are bottom five in pass attempts, finishing top 12 in PPR. And I, I don't know if I like, where were the 49ers in pass attempts, I wonder? But it just doesn't happen very often. So you ask, I tell. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, give me 30 seconds. Mm, I got it. Oh, they were last in pass attempts? Wow. That is, did you realize that? (laughs) The 49ers threw the fewest passes in the NFL. I guess that makes sense because they were so efficient. They were the most efficient team like ever, basically. Uh, but well, now you have their coaching staff or their their tree littered around the NFL. Through yeah. week 17, the two teams that were lowest in pass attempts per game were the 49ers and the Ravens. Yeah, how about that? 29.1. Yeah. So, okay. Well, well, actually, where did let's see where uh just curious, where did Debo and Ayuk finish in fantasy points? Oh, neither well, of them finished in the top 12 in PPR. In points per game they did. 
Yeah, and points per game, did they? They were both over 15, just no, barely. they are not top 12. Well, no, they're not. They are for 18 games, for 17 games. No, I, I don't. If they are, it's just barely, but I don't think so. Yeah, it's just barely. They're just inside. Lamb, Hill, Keenan Allen, Amonra St. Brown, Jefferson, Puka, A.J. Brown, Nico Collins, D.J. Moore, that's nine. I'll skip Mike Williams. Mike Evans, 10. Tank Dell, 11. Jamar Chase, 12. That's what I have. I have Debo, 13, and Ayuk, 14. They, they finished both with more points per game than, than Tank Dell, who's at 15 exactly. Um, and that includes week 18. All right. Okay. Anyway, moving on to the next round. We'll do the next round, then we'll take a look at our teams here. But uh, round, round six or round five? Round five. I think we round haven't five. done round five yet. Yeah, round, so round five around. starts with a pretty interesting pick. George Pickens, 49th overall. Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, Terry McLaurin, Lamar Jackson, Jaden Reed, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Mixon, Mark Andrews, and Tony Pollard. So round five, picks 49 through 60 are Pickens, Jacobs, Chubb, McLaurin, Lamar Jackson, Jaden Reed, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Mixon, Mark Andrews, Tony Pollard. How many of those names did you make the face that you are that you make when you're in front of a dirty diaper? <laughs> and if, if, a great lot of them did, if a lot of them did, then I think that that's the fertile ground to go and target a quarterback especially if you're getting somebody like Lamar or Mahomes in that range. The answer to your question for me is only Pitts for sure. And maybe, I mean, I didn't like Pickens there. And I didn't really like Jaden Reed as much. I know, Jamie, you liked it. But go ahead. You like you loved your Jaden Reed pick there. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, he finished more points per game than, than Rice. He was only He was second in terms of... Ricky Rod receivers in, in points per game. And I think just scratching the surface, especially if they're going to use him, like, you know, I've been saying like baby Debo Samuel, um, you know, giving him opportunities to get carries and, and throwing the ball to him as well. And, and you saw in the games when he was featured in the passing game with, you know, eight plus targets, you know, go back to the Minnesota game in week 17, he was a superstar, you know, so there, there's a lot to love about getting pieces around Jordan love. And not that I planned it this way, but to have that Packer stack was, was, was kind of uh, enticing to get Jaden Reed and Jordan love, to have that, you know, as a, you know, um, sort of happen organically for a, for a redraft league. But uh, looking at the receivers around him, uh, I think you can make a case McLaurin is still better. I, I'm 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 not going to necessarily fight you on that, especially if the right quarterback is brought in there. I like Reed better, but but you can make a case for McLaurin. Uh, I would take him over Calvin Ridley, knowing the situation for Ridley may not be in Jacksonville, and who knows where he ends up playing. Um, you know, going ahead to the receivers after that, I like him better than the guys in, in round six. I won't get there to spoil it for you. And I would take him over George Pickens also. I think there's just a better, better at least right now, quarterback situation for uh, for the Packers and for Jaden Reed. So um, I, I just, I, I love the setup for him. This was another one uh, I was actually debating in round four. I was like, you know what? Let me take Metcalf. It was it was between Metcalf, Flowers, and, and Reed. And I couldn't justify taking Reed over those guys. Um, but I do like the fact that he was still on the board and, uh, and was sitting there. I, I just go back to one other pick in this round. Josh Jacobs in round five is an absolute steal. You know, we have no idea where he's going to play. I think people don't realize that he's younger than Barkley. He's only 25. Um, yeah. Still has 20, a lot his to age offer. 26 season is coming up. Uh, yeah, still, I mean, it's it, it's great. No, I agree with you. He's he's right in his prime. Um, we'll see if the Raiders, you know, work out a deal with him or or franchise tag him and how that all plays out again. 
but wherever he and Barkley go, it's going to be it's going to be kind of fascinating because they still have enough to offer that they can be superstars still. Um, you know, Jacobs had a down season by comparison, certainly to where he was two years ago and coaching change quarterback, all those things matter for him. Um, but even if he comes back to the Raiders, you're, you're talking about a guy that should no worst case, worst case scenario should be probably around three pick. Maybe he creeps in around four, depending on how receivers go earlier, uh, but still has top 10 upside. And so, um, you know, just writing the running back story, you can see it on the site of how all seven of us ranked him. He's not a top 12 guy for me. I think he was for about three or four of the seven of us. Um, no, no more than, than 10th. Uh, no, nobody had him higher than 10th, but still a guy that offers plenty of upside. Like he he's, he's, I think he'll be 13th for me when I start to, you know, break it down, but um, want to see where he ends up. But round five is just way too late for him. Agreed. hundred percent. He's, he's 12th for me. And mm. I'm going to, I'm going to draft him on the assumption that he's going to get me 14 PPR points per game because as a rookie, 14.1, then 14.3, then 14.1 again, breakout year last year, contract year 19.3. This past year, with all the the crap that he went through and the slow start, he still averaged 13.9. So I'm willing to say that that's a guy, 14 PPR points per game. That's not round two material. It's really not round three material. But once you get into round four, I think he's a good pick. Uh, I was happy to get Mark Andrews in this round, but the two guys that I really wanted were the guys that Jamie talked about. It was Josh Jacobs and Jaden Reed, and pretty much everybody else in this round outside of the quarterbacks, I made the dirty diaper face for. A lot of dirty diaper faces in this round. I think my hang-up on Reed is I wish we had seen the great production come with Christian Watson on the field and to a lesser extent Luke Musgrave. They were both hurt. Tucker Craft more or less filled the, the shoes of of Musgrave. So that's not a huge well, I, deal. I think also to that point, though, Adam, Jordan Love wasn't playing at that level that he was at at the end of the season either. Yeah, Jordan Love was was on Jordan Love was on fire and Christian Watson was out and Jaden Reed benefited from it and I you know I just wanted to see hopefully we get you know I think they could easily win this game. I hope Watson plays this week and they beat the Cowboys we can get two games where both of those guys are playing. I think Jordan Love is just sort of an equal opportunity quarterback. He he does not I don't know that he's ever going to really feature one guy. We don't know enough about Jordan Love yet, but he kind of showed a pattern of changing his number one guy, which is great. I mean, good for him. That's a big trait for a quarterback. Yeah, that's awesome. That. But, you know, is that going to hurt the fantasy options there? So that, that's my hang-up with Reed. But I pretty exciting what yeah. he did as a rookie. Really good I'm stuff. super excited about it. He averaged 17.4 PPR points per game in his last eight. And, yeah. uh, yes, a lot of that was without Perfect. Christian Watson there and everything else. But I think the Packers have realized, okay, Dobbs is solid. He can come through in the red zone. Watson, when they have him, is a big play threat. They don't have to necessarily wedge Watson into being that number one wide receiver. Reed is their number one wide receiver. I think it's going to be really easy for them. No, I, I, I think, think it's, it's, I think really it's a San Francisco situation. I, I really do. I think it's it, it's very similar to how those guys will operate. Again, you know, similar coaching philosophies from Lafleur and, and Shanahan and how their offenses perform. And I don't think it's it's Jordan Love has to say, okay, I got to get Reed. 10 targets or, or Watson, 10 targets to have those guys be productive. You saw it, you know, you could say Watson. Yes. He's, he's a, he's a difference maker. Dontavian Wicks was producing. Bo Melton was producing, yeah. you know, so, right. and Reed was still getting the job done. So if you're just taking targets to other places, that's where those targets for what Watson come from. It's not necessarily coming from Reed. It's not like he was just saying, okay, Reed is getting all this work and he can't operate with somebody else on the field. Again, mm-hmm. Watson's an upgrade. At least you hope so. 
over those other guys. And the reason I think Reed has more appeal than Watson, you've seen two seasons now of this guy having a hard time staying True. healthy. Yeah. And so totally. that, that's a big negative for me uh, that he can't stay on the field. While Reed was fighting through injuries, fighting through a chest injury, fighting through an ankle injury, and coming back and playing and producing and helping this team make the playoffs. He also could line up anywhere, which I, I, I think we saw that from Dobbs as a rookie, but Reed did a better job of it. Reed was in the slot. Reed would work in short range. Reed would work on downfield shots. Like his versatility is off the charts. And he's, he's one, one of, of my favorite Packers receiver. He's one. Uh, he's one of ten receivers on the Packers that Matt Lafleur is compared to Devontae Adams. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I'm gonna look. If you want to see our teams, you can just check out the story on the website. It is again links in the episode description. Jamie, you took an approach with the. Sixth overall pick, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Your first nine picks are running backs and and wide receivers. And then you took Evan Ingram in round 10 and Jordan Love in round 11. So that's, I think we're going to see a lot of that. My guess is we're going to see a lot of that from you. <laughs> oh, totally. You know, it, it's funny because like with the, the quarterbacks, for example, um, there were there were there were essentially four that I was targeting. I was kind of waiting to see, knowing you, which of the ones you're going to take as your second quarterback, and you did. You took C.J. Stroud. So kind of how the the draft was unfolding, I was like, I think I'm going to end up with one of Stroud, Purdy, Love, or Kyler, and I'm thrilled with all of those guys as, as a number one option. And so just the way that the the board fell, I was like, okay, this is the right spot to take. And I was kind of debating once once I got through uh, round nine, okay. Uh, which position should I take first? And like Evan Ingram's got way too much upside. Like he fell way too far, um, you know, so to take him knowing that the Jaguars, you know, quarterback uh, receiver situation could be, you know, sort of turned over once again. Um, he was just uh, unbelievable in the second half of the season. And, you know, hundred catches is hard to overlook for, for that position. So he fell way too far. So I don't think that necessarily happened. So if it was, let's say Ferguson or, you know, Kittle fell too far also, you know, so the, when I was looking at, at the position and, and Goddard's too, you know, those, those four guys were like, okay, I'm fine. So take the best available there. And then it was, okay, I'll, uh, th- at, that, at that point, two of the quarterbacks were still available when I took Ingram. So Purdy and Love, once Purdy went, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take Love here. And uh, was absolutely, like I said, beyond thrilled to get uh, what could be a top five tight end. And to be honest, maybe a top five quarterback too in, in those two guys. Uh, Dave, you took Mark Andrews in round five and Anthony Richardson in round eight as the uh, ninth quarterback off the board. But you had an interesting start. Three receiver, full PPR league, and you just couldn't help yourself. At the 11th mm-hmm. pick, you took Jonathan Taylor. And then three picks later, you took Devon Achain. So what'd you, uh, Achain, what'd you think about starting with two running backs? I, I liked it because of the running backs who I got and because I correctly assumed that I'd be able to get at least two wide receivers that I would really love. I was hoping to get three wide receivers I would really love. But when I was up in round five there, I, Andrews was staring me in the face and I just figured that it was too good of a value. And then in round six, I took another running back because I figured there wouldn't be a running back later on. So I'm always very conscious about if, if I'm going to go zero RB, you know, I, I don't mind doing it, but I can't pass up good value and certainly heavy upside at the thinnest position in fantasy. And I felt like I, I saw that three times in the first six rounds. And so first draft of the year, yes, went back to the old version, or I guess it's the current version, the maybe forever version of how I'm just going to draft. But still very thrilled with the receivers that I got. Uh, Christian Watson getting him in late round seven felt like a pretty good value to me. Rolled the dice on Anthony Richardson in round eight. And I thought back to where we were drafting Richardson last year. And like, what's different between then and now? Well, we saw Richardson play. 
And in four games, he averaged 19.7 fantasy points per game. He left two of those games. Clearly can run in this league. I don't think the Colts are going to try and take that away from him. And I thought he was impressive as a short and mid-range thrower when he played. So hopefully the shoulder's okay. And that's that's it. He had a shoulder injury. We saw a glimpse of what he could do. I think the potential is still very high for him to be a cheat code type of fantasy quarterback where you're going to get good numbers from him throwing the ball, but excellent numbers of him rushing. Mm -hmm. And I've got the combination of him and Jonathan Taylor on my team. I'm going to get every single rushing touchdown in Indianapolis next year, and that's going to be one of the run-heaviest teams as long as Anthony Richardson's under center. All right, I had the 12th pick right after Dave. Dave stole a lot of good players from me. Kyron Williams, Garrett Wilson was how I started. T. Higgins, Jalen Waddell. Uh, and then maybe I make or break my team with Tony Pollard and James Conner at 60 and 61 overall. You know, it's again, it's you, you do this and you're wondering where they're even going to be next year. Are the Cowboys going to bring someone in? Pollard was on the franchise tag. Connor, how good has he been? He's just been so good. It makes so much sense for, I think, the Cardinals to bring him back. He's got such a good thing with Kyler Murray. I also took Khalil Herbert. I can't imagine Deontay Foreman's going to be on the Bears. Herbert's proven himself, I think, anytime he's gotten the opportunity. But Joe Burrow and Jake Ferguson are at quarterback and tight end. And I also took C.J. Stroud. And I took C.J. Stroud two picks after Burrow. I was like, Burrow at the end of round seven and Stroud with the last pick of round nine. And I round nine, that pick came to me. I was like, I didn't really love anyone. And I love C.J. Stroud. So I was thrilled to get him there, even if I don't need him. But uh, you know me with quarterbacks. You, you you think you got your guy, and then you never know what happens. What if Burrow gets hurt again? I'll be happy that I have C.J. Stroud. Um, I took a chance on Dotson, Mingo, Justin Ross, and Demarcus Robinson with, my, with four of my last five picks. Dotson, Mingo, Justin Ross, and Demarcus Robinson. For Dotson, it's easy, right? I mean... We loved him a lot last year. He's probably getting a quarterback upgrade. He could get a fancy new offensive coordinator that unlocks something. I think worth a gamble. With. I'm with you on that. Yep. Uh, round 10, first pick of round 10. All right, show's gone a little long, so I'm going to save our emails for tomorrow. We'll look at the uh, the wild card weekend and, um, and more, do some rankings and stuff like that uh, on tomorrow's episode of Fantasy Football Today. Thanks a lot for watching, everybody. We'll talk to you later.